0: Joe Simmons, and
1: I'm Abraham Simmons, and, and
0: this, this is Tequila, Tequila Confidential. Confidential. On this episode of Tequila Confidential, we'll introduce you to our new segment, Fancy Bottles.
1: And we're going to introduce ourselves to a perennial favorite, tasting Clase Azul.
0: Azul All right, so today we have a really fun topic. We get to talk about fancy bottles. And while all of our episodes are exciting, this one is particularly exciting because it is the beginning of a new series that we're doing within this podcast. A
1: whole new thing. A whole new thing. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna talk about fancy tequila bottles, and each time we do one of the episodes in this series, it will be about a different fancy tequila bottle. So what
1: we're saying is, every so often, we're going to do a fancy bottle episode. Is that right? That's right. Okay.
0: I'm excited. Oh, Well, that's that's very cool.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I just want to know, just because it's a fancy bottle, does it mean that the tequila inside is bad or good? It doesn't
0: mean either of those things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we got that
0: out of the way. We did. And now... I'm really excited because this is also a first for me. On this episode, I will be providing the tequila for the episode.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness, how quickly they grow up. I mean, I don't even get to add the tequila to the discussion. Okay, I'll take that.
0: Well, this time I'll do the intro. Tonight, we are going to be drinking clase Azul. I know how a lot of
1: you people out there are like, well, don't they use additives? Yeah, they use additives.
0: But everybody knows the bottle, and it's good stuff. Everyone recognizes it. It's something that you'll see at almost any high-end bar, any high-end restaurant. You'll see the really tall bottle with the bell on top. It's blue and white. It's really hard to miss. It's very recognizable. And something that... Actually, not everyone knows, and I didn't know this for a long time, is that the bell on top actually works. It
1: actually works. Let
0: me grab, let me grab the bottle. Uh, here we go. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a good guy. tone. Wait, wait, let's do one more. One more.
1: Beautiful. Ooh, even better. You know, I'm a bit of a musician. I'm a lawyer, but I'm a bit of a musician. And it turns out that most of the bottles have the same tone, but there are lots of different types of Class a Azul bottles. And they all have different tones. And I'm trying to put together a little thing where
0: I can actually get a little, uh, <laughs> you know, a little xylophone going with Classe Azul bottles. It's pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. So, something else that we should mention is that we are going to be focusing on the Classe Azul Repasado bottle. It's the most highly recognizable bottle out there when it comes to Classe Azul. And The reason we're starting with this one is because of that. At some point, if we have a ton of money, try some of the other expressions and some of the other fancy, fancy bottles that are out there. Classe Azul is one of the most expensive brands out there when it comes to mass-produced tequila. There's a a single bottle out there from one of their collections that costs $30,000 for a single bottle.
1: Yowza. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you this. I like Classe Azul not just because it's so recognizable and popular. As you know, I love a lot of tequilas that nobody else has ever heard of. But this guy who made uh, Classe Azul, Arturo, Arturo Lomeli, is that it? Yes. Lomeli. He did a pretty good job of creating something from scratch. And the bottle is really part of what he was providing to the world. A whole new way of thinking about tequila and one of the first guys to think of tequila as an
0: expensive artisan endeavor.
1: I thank you for that, Arturo.
0: (laughs) Yes, and we'll get more into the bottle specifically, but before we do that, let's start with how there is a tradition of fancy bottles in the tequila world and how that kind of got started. With the research that I did, it's actually kind of hard to find out who was the first. A lot of what you'll find when doing the typical research that I did was that tequila initially was in these barrels called pipones and eventually folks decided that it would be better to use glass. And a lot of this glass was being imported from Germany. However, after a while, the glass started to be produced in a region of Mexico called Monterrey. And there's some sources that say that Jose Cuervo was the first tequila producer to put tequila into glass. I'm not 100% sure about that because I read a couple of different sources that said different things. Well, you've been reading a lot of Jose Cuervo sites. That's what's going on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jose Cuervo was the first in a lot of things, according to Jose Cuervo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This this just adds to it. Very true. (laughs) My history is a little different when I look at fancy schmancy bottles. Many years ago, when we had just Sauza and Jose Cuervo and I'm um, bumming around with my college friends, there weren't fancy schmancy bottles. And suddenly people started coming up with these different shapes. You had like an entire quimador with a cart behind them. And inside of that clay thing, there was tequila. And over the years, you saw that there were those really funky Old time things that they put tequila in, and then there were regular bottles of tequila. But somewhere along the line, and I'm going to say about 20 years ago, right around the time I guess Clase Azul started getting started, they started having seriously different bottles that were intended to really sit in a bar. And those are the fancy schmancy bottles that I think of these days. You know, now you think of Cinco Coro and all those other ones, the the ones that don't necessarily fit on the bar the way they're supposed to, but they're classics of tequila, and so bartenders and bar owners are making space for them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the difference from the old style, where it was just really weird clay, where they just put tequila in it, and the new style, which is just everybody trying to outclass everybody else.
0: Well, I think that's a good segue to talking about specifically clase Azul. At the beginning of the Classe Azul story, the founder, Arturo, was going around trying to sell this product to bars. I mean, he had this whole other launch with a different product that didn't go very well. And then he ended up going back to school, getting some marketing in his background, and then approaching tequila again and coming up with these beautiful bottles. So Arturo would go around with these bottles wrapped up. He'd bring a couple of them in. And one of the biggest issues was that they were a little bit too tall. They didn't fit on shelves like we were just talking about. Ah. And bartenders were used to paying a lot less. A- at the time, he was trying to sell them for about $100 a bottle, which is pretty typical by today's standards. In fact, that would be lowballing Class Classe Azul at this point in time, depending on where you're buying it. They were used to paying about $18 a bottle for a bottle of tequila at yeah, that point in time.
1: That makes a big difference. And yes, I, I think we kind of have to give props to master artisan Jesus Guerro Santos of Guadalajara. This is the guy who actually designed the bottle. The very uh, first one, too? Th- yeah, the very first one. In fact, there's a whole video on it. We'll probably put that in the notes somewhere, right?
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and one thing that's really good about clase Azul is now that they've actually made it big time there's videos about just about everything about the making of the company the artisans themselves and a couple of benefits that they did to raise money for the folks who are now actually still painting the bottles but go ahead Mm -hmm. tell me what you know
0: yeah this is another one of those companies that do great things for the communities in which they reside so good that's a good shout out how they originally started really gaining traction in the United States was they got their tequila to be picked up by the owner of Tau, the nightclub.
1: Yes, the people in Tau were true believers. They started actually spreading the word Mm -hmm. and evidently it got more and more popular over time. All of the bottles, at least until recently, were being made in the small town of Santa Maria Conchesada. Conchesada. Canchesta, <laughs> Canchesta, Canchesta. There it
0: is. That's better. Santa I, I, I'm not Maria reading it. It's not in front of me. Wait, let me. Let me see. Let me see what you're reading. Me, right. Okay. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> well, hold on. I want to. I want to. Okay, try okay. this again from the
1: beginning. Ready? All right. Santa Maria, Canchesta. But the Mazahua community has the artisans that come and actually paint the bottles.
0: We so. Clase Azul recently changed their bottle design and yes, they started did. an entire new experience within their company. And now they've changed their company name from Clase Azul Tequila to Clase Azul Mexico or Mexico. Clase Azul Mexico. And with that came a change in their, in their, their Repasado and their logo. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we have a bottle of the old school with the... Agave leaf on it, but now they have they have a new logo. A new logo. All right, let me finish. And my, the my... and what you guys also didn't see is that I produced this second bottle out of almost thin air. I don't think my father knew that I had that hidden stashed away somewhere. <laughs> I
1: never know what he's got stashed. <laughs> All right, this is interesting. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm downing the rest mm-hmm. of my first class.
0: Also. It should be said that that first decanter of Classé Azul had been opened quite a while ago, maybe about a month ago or so. Okay. And this, ooh, maybe just two opened, months ago. Just now. yeah. And we just opened this bottle. It hasn't really had time to breathe yet, which is evident in the way that it tastes. At least to me.
1: So let me tell you, when I started reading about Class Azul and I saw that now they have a couple of soccer teams, they get in a hotel, they have a lot going on there, (laughs) I was happy to see that they are also uh, raising the stakes. I I saw uh, them auctioning off millions of dollars worth of bottles, of new bottles, and, and giving support to the community of artisans who are making them, this is a company that really wants to give back and really wants to keep up. And so part of that whole process, it seems, was changing the logo so it's not just about tequila. It's about the community and about the artisans.
0: Mm -hmm. These are just lovely decanters. Oh, and that's another thing I wanted to mention. They are not just bottles. They really are decanters. And I was thinking of wine decanters. And the reason... I was is because that's the context in which the word decanter is most often used nowadays. And typically, a decanter for wine is used to oxidize the wine. That's not at all what these containers are for. The reason they're called decanters and the definition of a decanter is a container that gradually pours liquid without disturbing the sediment. So these are actually very particularly adept at pouring tequila and not spilling any Whereas you'll see a lot of other bottles, it's very easy to just kind of splish and splash it around (laughs) and spill some on the table and stuff. These are very elegant and very good at pouring tequila. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to have to finish this other one. I didn't realize we
0: were going to compare the old Classe Azul Reposado to the new. So when we talk about this bottle in particular, let's describe it real quick. So we've got this really tall, elegant shape to the bottle. At the base, it's a little bit wider. You've got these little agave plants and then these little dots in between the agave plants. And then as you move up, you've got kind of a feathered shape. It looks almost like a pheasant's tail or something like that in this blue curvy pattern. And then it kind of has this, if I'm going to anthropomorphize it here for a second, a cinching of the waist right at the middle of the bottle. And it really gives it this attractive physique. And then as you move up, you get more of that sort of feathered pheasant pattern. And right smack dab in the middle of those patterns is this little indent that's kind of an oval shape. And inside of that, you get this symbol of an agave plant for the old bottle. And for the new bottle, you get their new emblem. And we can go into a little bit more detail about that in a moment. And then as you go up to the top, it kind of takes on this almost flower shape and flower painting design. And at the very top, you get the bell.
1: I think it's important to say if the logo itself was hand Uh, attached, and it's more like a medallion. It is a piece of metal that was affixed to the bottle, so it's not just clay. I know that when I read about the design of the bottle, it talks about renowned Mexican artists Tomás Saldivar and Leon Fernández. Those two have some deep connection to what I think are the metal medallions, but I really can't tell. So I think we have to, at some point or another, come back to and give the proper props to those two artisans. They might be the just the folks who did the medallions. They might have designed more of the bottle, or they just might be the guys today who keep things on track.
0: It's funny. One of the things I came across about the medallions and about the bell is that the fact that it is a bell was actually kind of stumbled upon by accident, and that they were trying to just create the lid out of reusable materials, and it wound up making this beautiful sound. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I read.
1: Uh, okay, well, like, it <laughs> if you're reading it from the site from the people selling the stuff, then no, us no, no, find another. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it was, it let's was find another the... source. Let's see.
0: Let me see. Where did I read that? I read that from. Uh... Someone that specializes in brands Saskina uh, Iha, Saskina Saskia Saskia Iha, and she said that uh, yeah the the bell was an accident and that they were just trying to use sustainable materials and all of a sudden the bell actually made this beautiful sound.
1: Wow, yeah, that's great.
0: Mm-hmm. So according but- to Class a Azul, their emblem has new elements. The circle represents the constant transformation the leaves uh nature is represented in the shapes of petals slash leaves so it's got a
1: circle surrounded by leaves yeah four leaves leaves? in in each of the
0: diagonal corners i guess you could Ah. say of the the circle okay yeah and then between the leaves four little brush strokes and that's supposed to be the human touch Uh, the feathered brush strokes represent human touch of culture Art and craftsmanship.
1: Oh, human touch. See, when I'm drinking tequila, human touch is kind of a dangerous topic. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> well, I'm just being honest. Just being honest with my son. You know, you and have these you, moments, and it, and
0: <laughs> you know who we're talking about. <laughs> yes, you know who you are. So now that we've talked about the bottle. Now that we've made some pretty bad jokes, let's rate the tequila.
1: Oh, do we have to do that? It was such a wonderful time praising these
0: guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think you'll be surprised by what I have to say. Okay. So, So. All right. So, do you need to be reminded of the scale?
1: I definitely need to be reminded of the scale. Let me just say, before we get started... At least until recently, Casamigos, Avion, and Clase Azul are three tequilas that have been distilled in the same place in Jesus Maria in Los Altos of Jalisco, Mexico. So I just thought that would be an interesting thing to keep in the back of your mind as we start tasting this stuff.
0: Okay. Well, we've spent the whole episode describing the bottle, so I don't necessarily think we need to do that again for the first category, which is presentation. However, I did want to mention that the new bottles actually do have a slightly different cap on them as well. Yes, you can hear it. Yes. Let's hear it. So they look a little bit different because the old ones said "Classe Azul in fancy... Uh, what looks like script? cursive script. Okay. And the new bottles are a little bit more legible. They say Clase Azul Mexico, and they're in a more regular type script. But anyways, this is the sound of the first bottle. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful and is, tone. And this Beautiful is the tone. sound of the, of the new bottle.
1: Oh, my goodness. I've got to get more bottles just so I can finish my xylophone? <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool yeah
0: and you know what i'm just gonna go right ahead and say it i'm giving this one a full one out of one for presentation because i don't know of any other bottles of tequila so far in my journey with tequila that make music that make sound like that and it is truly a gorgeous tone you know i'm gonna
1: have to give it a full one for presentation as well for the bottle not just that, but the hand painted, they're all just a little bit different. The bell on the top is just can't be beat. And it was truly innovative when it came out. So
0: there you go. Great. Okay. So that was presentation. Now we got to do aroma and smell. Aroma and smell. Hmm. Mm. This one is very sweet, very sweet smelling. I definitely can detect the the tasting notes and aroma notes that they mentioned on the site. Uh, the hazelnut and the caramel, I'm definitely smelling that for sure.
1: I'm definitely smelling that
0: as well. Maybe brown sugar, too. I will
1: say that the new bottle is even more pronounced than the older bottle. You think so? Yeah.
0: Mm. So that'll be... I would say less
1: of it, but different flavors, flavors that are farther away from agave.
0: I really like the smell. I think it is pretty far away from agave, but I still really like it. Um, So I'm going to give it a 0.8 for smell. Is that out of a one? That's out of one, yeah. I really like it.
1: I thought we had, it was one, two or something. No? Okay. No, one. Out of one. Well, out of one, I'm going to give it 0.6. 0.6. Okay. Not a fan. (laughs) Point six it's just too far from what I like, which is agave, so this mm-hmm. is like a hopefully a good review where if you like that, you know you're gonna love it okay go for it what's 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 next?
0: So next one is initial flavor, so when the tequila first hits your palate, what do you get? what do you like? what do you dislike mm. when it first enters your mouth? out of how many out of three out of three this one's out of three okay. It's very light, almost a little bit floral when it first hits your palate. To me, it doesn't really do much at the beginning. It just sort of leads into the swallow, which I feel is more important, anyways. So I I like what it does. I'm actually
1: kind of a fan of that first initial burst.
0: Mm-hmm. And out That's of three, bright. I'd give it I'd give it a two four, or two four. Yeah, cool. I'm going to give it a... Let me do this one more time. because
1: You've been doing this for the last hour. <laughs> <as we've> been... <laughs> I don't know what you're going to learn I'm... on the next sip.
0: That <laughs> I haven't learned on the sips before? What do you mean? Every sip is unique. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this one a... Two, seven, I really like what it does. I really like how it hits me on the initial burst yeah. and how it's 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 subtle, but it's floral. I would agree with you on everything but the word subtle. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, all right. This, this is we... definitely coming from a less refined palate when it comes to tequila. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's get to the main body, the the swallow, the main taste, this is out of five, and this will account for most of the score that this tequila ends up getting. I'll start. It has a little bit of spice to it, which I really like in my tequilas. It is sweet, but it also has that little bit of spice. There's definitely a kind of a fruity aftertaste to it as well. I want to say almost like a blackberry or an elderberry or something like that. And I can really appreciate that. It's not exactly what I look for with tequila, but I really appreciate it and I really like it. This is one of my favorite tequilas to just kind of on my night off, day off or something, just to pour for myself and sip on. So I'm going to give this one out of five.
1: Dude, at $150 a bottle, I hope that's not what you're doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: we should talk about the price at some point or another. Yeah, I mean, sure. this, this used to be under a hundred bucks, and definitely in the last few months, you know, we're back in twenty twenty three now. It is up to one hundred fifty, hundred sixty, hundred seventy bucks
0: a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, at some least of the stores here. I called today, one hundred and ninety. I was like, dude. Relax, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still the
1: same stuff I had last week. Yeah, uh, but the but the prices of all tequila are creeping up as they. I think it has more to do with transportation costs and
0: uh and also uh, supply of of the actual agave.
1: You think it's agave? I, I think we'll probably do a whole episode on pricing at some point or another. And get to the bottom of a couple of things that have been disturbing yeah. me about tequila. But. That's an
0: ongoing conversation for yeah. sure. Yeah. I also wanted to throw out there that yes, it used to be a hundred dollars, but now with a hundred dollars, you can get yourself the three hundred fifty or I think it's three hundred seventy five milliliter bottle, which is you know half the size of the, <laughs> of the big bottle. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the little miniature one is a hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: So, out of five. For the main body, I'm going to give it a 4.2. I really like this tequila. It is not at all what I look for in a tequila, but at the same time, it's so easy to sip on and tastes good and is a consistent win in my book every time I pour it in my glass.
1: I think that's a great score. I think I'm going to join you.
0: 4.2? Four two. Yeah. Four okay. two. You know, I, I was thinking about four. You know, I feel like I, I'm going to give it a four three. I got to go up to a four. No, three. it's yes. a four two. No, a four three. A four three. <laughs> no, it's simply a for two. the fact that don't, you just don't want me copying you. Come on now, <laughs> it's a four two. No, 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 simply because because of the fact that this is something that I will consistently pour for myself and sip on and oh and appreciate that aftertaste. Gracious, every time. You know. I... I...
1: All right, well, I
0: guess you're trying to give it an A or whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess. Well, let's see. What does this end up being? So that is 6, 7, eight, eight point eight 8.8 for me. And for you, that is a 7, 8.2. So you gave it an 8.2. I gave it an 8.8. 8.
1: I think that makes sense. We're getting better at this.
0: I think so, too. Uh, and when you go on Tequila Matchmaker, I'm pretty sure it comes up as, I think it only comes up at a, as a 70. Right. I think But you know I what? We're think fans that of probably
1: it. has to do with the fact that those guys are a bit snobbish about adding things to your agave. And I think just adding additives and making it
0: a little bit clumsy will give them a, a lower score. With that, I think we can conclude, but I wanted to finish off with a quote from Arturo real quick. And it goes like this. Our bottles are a statement of Mexican craftsmanship. Mexican artists were becoming irrelevant with modern technology, but I wanted to preserve their art of producing exquisite Mexican goods. I'm Joe Simmons.
1: And I'm Abraham Simmons. And, and this
0: is Is Tequila tequila Confidential. confidential. Thanks again for listening, y'all. And make sure you take a look at our Instagram. You can actually see photos of the bottles that we did our best to describe. But on our Instagram, you can see really good photos of the emblem, the bottle itself, and know exactly what we're drinking.